Good morning. It is truly my privilege today to introduce our speaker, Dr. Stephen Limley. This is sort of a family affair for us today. My daughter, Anna, just read scripture. My son, Tyler, just read the announcements. They are the, the uh, proud grandkids of Dr. Limley, and it is one of the greatest honors of my life to be his son-in-law. Dr. Limley has spent more than 50 years in Christian higher education between LCU and Pepperdine University, holding a number of teaching and administrative positions in each institution. In each institution. For time's sake, I'll just mention two. He served as LCU's fourth president from 1982 to 1993, and to say he played a crucial role during those years is an understatement. He returned to LCU in 2012 and has served as professor of communications since that time. Dr. Limley will be retiring at the end of this semester after a long and distinguished career in Christian higher education. I've selected three things I want you as students to know about Dr. Limley, qualities I recommend to each of you. I will just list them, though each deserves extended commentary. One, he is humble. He never claims or pretends to be humble. He simply is humble, and that is an outgrowth of his faith in Christ. His reputation for humility is widely recognized. Two, he is a big believer in the difference that Christian higher, edu can make, Christian higher education can make in a person's life and in the world. A wide-ranging education that calls for generous and patient listening to substantial ideas and voices across the ages and a commitment to think deeply with them, all to the glory of our God. Third, he is wise. He wasn't born wise. He became wise through learning, through worship, through listening, and practicing a virtuous life. He is widely known for his wisdom, and countless people have sought out his wisdom, especially people who themselves are wise. Before you today is truly one of the greatest men I have ever known, and I want to be like him. Please welcome Dr. Stephen Limley. Well, I'm not sure who he was talking about, but uh, whoever it was must be a you know, pretty good person. Uh, thank you, Dr. Carey, for such a kind introduction. I want to talk with you today for just maybe 10 minutes about the power and importance, the power and the importance of simply showing up, showing up for your friends showing up for your families, showing up for your work, showing up for your classes. In two weeks, this Easter season, we'll conclude with church services that are focused on the resurrection of Jesus. And in that, you may hear a sermon about, or at least a mention about, in a show-up event recorded in the Gospel of John, chapter 20. There's a lesson in this event that can mean something to our practical lives 
today. In the Gospel of John, a woman, Mary Magdalene, had returned to the tomb where Jesus had been laid following his crucifixion. She saw the crucifixion. She saw him being placed in the tomb. But that early dawn, as she went to mourn her lost Savior, she was the first to see that Jesus was no longer in the tomb. No longer in the tomb. And she was even the first to see the resurrected Jesus alive. And he spoke to her. And he said, go to my brothers. By which he meant the disciples who had followed him. And give them a message from me. And she did. She ran to the place where the disciples had gathered in their fear, their fear, yes, and their sorrow. And she shouted, I have seen the Lord. It's not recorded how the disciples reacted to that message at the moment, but Jesus almost immediately appeared to them and verified that it was really him by the wounds that were visible that he had suffered on the cross. They were astonished, but they saw him, saw him alive when they had previously seen him dead. But one of the disciples, one of the disciples named Thomas, was not there when Jesus appeared. And when he heard later that they had seen Jesus alive, he said, "Ah, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger and put my finger and my hand in his side, I will not believe. And in saying that, he earned the name that is sometimes applied to him even now as Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas. A week later, the disciples were still gathered in a secret place. Thomas, still in doubt, was there among them this time. And much to his surprise, Jesus came again and he spoke directly to Thomas, inviting him, touch my wounds. What if Thomas had not shown up? What if he had just said, this didn't happen. This isn't real. I'm not coming again. Well, he probably would have continued being doubting Thomas, perhaps for the rest of his life. But he had shown up to be with his friends and brothers among the disciples. Had he not shown up, he might never have believed in a resurrected Jesus. But he did. He did show up. He showed up without any assurance that he would be seeing his Lord alive. Because he showed up without knowing what was going to happen. And then he became a believer all over again and became one of the most important disciples to share the gospel message with the rest of the world. Now, having um, introduced what I'm going to be talking about, I will tell you about one personal event in my life involving my showing up and that changed my life in a very big way. Perhaps you will have moments like this one in which you show up at just the right time, the right place, and it makes a difference in your life to come. When I came here as a freshman student, yes, I came as a freshman student, I was immediately attracted to a girl 
who uh, seemed to feel the same about me. I had hair then, you see. And um, we became an item. We were an item that lasted until the Thanksgiving break. When we returned after the break, she told me that she had decided that I was not the one. She had made up with her high school boyfriend while she was on the break, and she was done with me. She dumped me. Did that hurt my feelings? You bet it did. But that's not the whole story. I had a friend who was a sophomore. You know, I was a freshman. He was a sophomore. Freshmen always respect the sophomores. They are the ones that know everything, right? Anyway, I had a friend, Bob, worked nights as a cleanup man in the offices of a real estate company. And he saw what had happened to me, and he said, I want you to come to the office tonight where I work. Come at 10 o'clock. I've got something I want to tell you. Well, that didn't sound like much fun to me, going to a real estate office where he was mopping floors and he wanted to tell me something. So I resisted. I've got too much to do tonight, I said. I, I can't come. You'd better, he said. You'll be sorry if you don't. So I thought, well, what do I really have to lose? I, I have a Volkswagen and I can drive there, and so I'll go. And I showed up at the real estate office at 10 o'clock, and he greeted me at the door, unlocked the door, let me in. He was holding a mop at the time. And he said, sit down, Steve. I've got something I want to tell you. You are really fortunate that you got dumped. Some of your friends and I got together to talk about it, and we have the perfect idea for you. You. Need to, uh, you need to get to know Emily Young. We think the two of you will make a good pair, at least for a while. Hmm. He had a lot more to say about the reasons why I should get better acquainted with Emily. He was pretty convincing, and I knew who she was. We had a Bible class together of about 20 students, and uh, her seat was up near, right up against almost the door that was the entrance to the classroom. And she had the remarkable ability to come in. See, her name was last in the roll call, starting with a Y. And she would simply walk in the door as her name was called, and she would say, here, and sit down. How does she do that? You know, I just, uh, just well, this is really interesting. Uh, I do know who she is. I followed his advice and got to know Emily better. The result? Well, ultimately, that result is still underway. She is sitting right over here. We graduated from here, uh, which was then a two-year college. Uh, we transferred to another institution, graduated again together, and then we got married. And we will celebrate 56 very happy years of marriage on April 28th of this year. She's a wonderful, lovely, loving person. She is, she is the one. You may have seen her car. Uh, she is the only one probably in the world that she has had a license plate on her car, whichever car she might be driving at the time, a license plate that is one of those custom plates. And on her license plate is O-H-A-P-I-D-A. Oh, happy day. That's her. 
That's who she is. That's what she's like. Well, that might not have happened. This might not have happened. We might not have ever married. If I hadn't showed up late at night at a real estate office where my friend was mopping store floors and had invited me to just come and talk. How does showing up affect our daily lives anyway? Well, actually quite a lot. There's importance in our showing up among the daily choices that we make among our obligations. And we all have obligations. We are students registered for classes where we are expected to say it, show up. We are athletes who have daily workouts with and obligations to our teams that are preparing to meet competitors. We show up for those workouts. We are members of social clubs that have occasional meetings and dinners and devos, and we show up. We are faculty who are regularly called into meetings with our departments and the committees to which we are assigned. We are staff who find that we need one another to get our work accomplished, and we show up for one another. We are members, we are all members of families who may be called together for an ordinary meal or a big celebration or perhaps a need to be together in times of sorrow, and it's important that we show up for those times. We do not stand alone. We will benefit by being an active part of the groups to which we belong and to which we are perhaps loyal, and our groups will benefit by our presence. And that depends on our showing up. We have to take the initiative, even when we are a bit doubtful about the importance of being present. Perhaps we think, my presence will not be noticed. Nobody will know that I wasn't there, and it won't be any difference uh, to them or to me. Wrong. Like doubting Thomas, we may think that not showing up will not matter, but just showing up may be the thing that enables us to make a difference, to meet our obligations, to strengthen our relationships, to help move the university forward, to learn something important that we hadn't known before. Don't think that your presence doesn't matter. Don't think that it won't be noticed if you're not present. Instead, be committed to being present with those groups to which you belong. It might make all the difference imaginable to them and to you. So the message is, take these words to a permanent location in your brain. These words show up wherever and whenever you have an obligation to do so. By the way, sometimes it's not possible for us to show up. The worst question you can ask your professor if you don't show up for class, whether that was by your choice, you just didn't want to go that day, or maybe for a real and important reason for your absence, you were not well. The worst still, either way, the worst question you could ask your professor is, and I hear this sometimes, did I miss anything that was important? You did, and it was. And now that you have all shown up, here you are dismissed.